Come on, let's work. Come on, let's work it to the bone, bone, bone. Come on, let's work. What the fuck? I beer going to bed. I did. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Proudly supported by Sideline Sports Grill at Arena. On this week's show, we talk to Gloveman Paul Izzo, W League coordinator Carly Gunter, and all the usual things. I'm Jimmy, and I'm joined by Luke, Josh, and Morrow. How are you guys? Good. Hi. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Good to be That's back good. after our unscheduled week off. Yes, um, we're going to have... I think we're missed by everyone. <laughs> we're all a little bit vague about football, though. So. All 250 people missed us dearly. We, um, we were going to record last Thursday after our Wednesday night game, but I found myself on top of a shed fixing the roof. When so, it was um, 800 degrees. Yeah. Everyone would have missed me because I wouldn't have been on because I was coming back from Melbourne. No, yeah. no can not we, really. Can, not we, really. can, we, can we briefly speak about that, that stupid... Trip that you did to Melbourne. What right now? Yeah, what time did you I'll do the walkout oh, song okay. first? Okay. <laughs> All right, you ready? I forgot about this shit. <laughs> okay, don't have to do it if you don't want to. Oh, I know the song, so that's a start. I know the artist because she's old. Something to do with Ball Boys. Are we all in love with Izzo? Uh-huh. What's the song called, Mara? Uh White Flag. It is. Maybe? White Flag. White, White Flag. Okay. Dodo. Dodo. Who? I don't even know this. <laughs> Just go go back to sleep, mate. <laughs> it's probably nineties. When this started, I thought it was My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, what has this got to do with football? Um, but I think it's the ball boy. It is the ball boy. What a legend. What a ledge. That was good. I hope he stays around so I can buy him a beer when he turns 18. I'm, I'm glad Kale laughed it off rather than suing him. Of course he would. <laughs> He's a pro. And what was all of that sort of, you know, hate for the kid? Seriously. From who? Oh, just so various people fans. on There's the a couple social people, media. Yeah, whinging that they've Oh, how his. disgraceful. How dare you do that to our greatest ever soccer yeah. mate. Lighten the you-know-what It up. was perfect. I, I just like... Shove that flag up your ass. I just I just like <laughs> the, the blank look on the kid as he's standing there with the thing and Cahill's sort of like, what's happening? And he doesn't know what's going on. What about, what about how Luke's standing <laughs> next to me in the bay and like a minute after he's like, oh, yeah, that's right, we conceded. I forgot about it because of the ball ball. I here. forgot we scored. <laughs> right, they scored. I literally forgot. <laughs> That's I, right, Cahill scored. That's I was, why he was over there. I was laughing so hard, and then I realised that we were down 1-0. Mate, luckily this was a super entertaining match, otherwise that would have been the most entertaining moment of the match. Yes. It was a good match. Yeah. It was a good match. Whoever, whoever says we play boring football needs to watch that second half. It was good. It'd be nice if we could do that consistently. Yeah. Except for the last little bit. We'll get to that, though. Yeah. We'll get there. Anyway, I do love that song. It's quite a good song. I like Dido. Sounds like very Titanic-y. Now can we talk about your Melbourne trip? Yes. Right now? Go on. Yeah. Just when, All right, did, well, when did you leave, etc.? Props to Pryor because he drove the whole way because he drives manual. I can't drive manual. I would have helped out if it was auto, but 
He, um, he, there's no way he was letting you drive. No way, no. <laughs> so he went down. On you the can't t- find it. Grinder. Went down on the Tuesday. <laughs> stayed at like a house of people that Mick met you. What time did you leave Tuesday? Uh, Twelve thirty, and we got to this place like right near the border at about eight. Aubrey? I got drunk in like the most random yes, place ever. A person's house I've never been to. Never didn't even know them. I slept in Pry's car. <laughs> you left out that bit when Quality you accommodation <laughs> Was that four it was, star? It was or? very comfortable I think I woke up at like seven And like one of the neighbours was up And like I saw them peering at me Went out to get like their paper <laughs> This is as bad as uh, our blood splattered walls in Canberra Yeah that was oh. Keep going You should have taken photos of that And then we Yeah we drove down And got to Melbourne At about oh, Two o'clock On game day Had lunch Had a big Palmer for uh, for lunch had some beers beers before in Richmond and then game and it was so hot it was thirty five degrees at nine o'clock at night it's weird because I don't I don't think so I've ever been to hot. Melbourne and been hot even in summer I know it was it was thirty five and about ninety percent humidity during the whole it game was too awful wasn't it? absolutely awful yeah when you I was sweating. when they put the camera on you you look like you're really enjoying yourself. <laughs> I was so hot, I was so depressed because we were four nil down and getting <laughs> smashed. And you'd just been in a car for like yeah for fourteen hours or whatever. How yeah. long did you go without shower? Um, I had a shower in the morning and then I wanted I didn't go out. We were, um, Prior and Sean had a beer at the Crown to like four, and I, and I had the option of going there. And I was like, oh, that sounds like more than I one beer. Need to be honest, a shower. I'm, I'm I feel so I felt so dirty. Not because of Melbourne. So did you get the shower or not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So thank you for uh, being so kind and asking about my showering habits. <laughs> but yes, oh, it's I just did. a way. It's I, a had a, I, had, I had a really cold, I slept at nice Brisbane shower. Airport one day next really? to a vending machine, yeah. That sounds pretty well, comfortable. Up, Didn't you have any accommodation? Uh, no, we got back to the airport at like 3 a.m. and my flight was like 6 a.m. or something stupid. So you were out all night? Yeah, I got like two hours sleep next to a vending machine. I woke up and there were people walking by. <laughs> That's a proper away day. Yeah. <laughs> so what time What time did you leave next morning? We left. We stayed in a place in St Kilda. We left about 10.30 and we got back to Gosford at 8, 8.30. You did it in one hit. Yeah. Fucking psychos. Yep. That's commitment. Was it worth it? They Hell didn't no. do that New South Wales police. Just and we got absolutely <laughs> spanked. <laughs> all that, you got a story. Imagine tra- all like, that and way, you ha- and you have to like walk to the game in, in like with a million victory fans around you, and you're like the only Mariners fans within like kilometres of the ground. I think they all looked at me in pity, <laughs> especially after the game, because they knew what some, was about some, to happen. Some random guy came up to Prime and was like, "I'm sorry about that." Shake, shook his hand and walked away. Oh, that's all right. And weren't weren't the South End doing something? Oh, yes, of course. Um, when Trent scored, everyone was happy. The first time we were happy for, what, 86 minutes whenever he scored. Wisson took his shirt off. What a surprise. Standard. And uh, the whole South End started singing tits out for the boys. Because <laughs> of Wisson? Yes. Uh, right. And then Wisson started dancing provocatively. <laughs> <laughs> and it kept going on. And they didn't they do stand up and for the then, Mariners at some stage? Uh, was it str- I think it was straight after. It might have been before that. It was. Strip it was after we. Mariners. Yeah, it was after we scored. It was like the first time we'd made noise in the whole game and like stand up for the Mariners, and everyone was getting into it. And then the whole South End started singing "Stand Up for the Mariners," probably as a piss take, but yeah, it was still fun. But pity. It was a pity chant for sure. Pity chant, definitely. Yeah, shall we sing 
your songs for you. Basically, yeah. yeah. Right, news. Shall we sing along for you? Uh, w League is coming back for the uh, Mariners. Woohoo! Uh, we're going to be talking to Carly soon on that. Um, so that'll be good chat. Transfer window is back open. And in transfer news, uh, Redmayne... Number 10. <laughs> Redmayne was released by West Sydney and then subsequently signed <laughs> by Sydney FC. Yes, now the transfer's open. So that's what, swap deal. What are our prospects? It's not a good time of the year. Yeah, well, that silence says everything. <laughs> <laughs> Who's looking for a job and who is top quality in January? Yeah. Unless they're an overseas player. And yeah. uh, it has to be someone from overseas. I don't I don't see any oh, I don't know about you, but I don't see any good number tens in Australia that are currently without an A League club. Yeah. I don't think we'll get a number ten or, in January. Or a second all. in a team wanting a release. Yeah. Yeah. I like we've we've heard a rumour of someone that we are looking at and it's nothing special. Who is it? I'm not gonna say it. Ronald McDonald. It's a secret. It's a super top Who secret. Who told you? Um that's also a secret. But yeah, I think it's I know nothing special and nothing really to get excited about. Um, but in terms of anything, I hope we interview that person one day. So could he? I. Could he have been at the stadium on New Year's Eve? Uh, well, he would have had to be in the squad. <laughs> Just putting it out there. <laughs> be in the squad. Um, Josh has got no idea. He's got the most confused <laughs> look on his face right now. What are you talking about, mate? <clears throat> um, but I don't think that any, nothing drastic is going to happen in January unless. The right player does come along, like Chusworth said in his letter. Um, but if he's talking about this player, then that's not really that groundbreaking. We must only hire players. I know we shouldn't hire them at all, Josh. You usually tell me that. But we must only <laughs> sign players who there are better than what we have already. And that's the challenge in January always, to find somebody who's better than what we've got, knowing that the only way that you can sign somebody who is a current A-League squad member is for them to be released by their club. So yeah. that manufactured situation is possible, but not really probable. Um, Going the other way, sorry to cut you off, Aaron, who do you think we will let go? Anyone? I'd be surprised if we do let anyone yeah, go. Yeah, because then we, we were talking about this the other night. Where You, wanna, you can explain it. Well, unless we've got a better option, then uh, there's, there's nothing that we can really gain by releasing players because we don't, uh, their wages are still part of the cap until the end of the season. Um, okay. So if we pay their contract out, they remain in our cap. So even guys um, like Fletcher or McDonald. Yep. But if, but if someone, if someone, for example, like a Fletcher, goes to the club and says, "I want to go elsewhere," we don't have to pay what's. Not if left. he agrees to it. Yeah. But um, so that's the only way I would can see something happening. Would any other A League club pick him up though? No, I don't think so. Well, and that's the challenge, that anybody who's not really getting a game for us at the moment, what is there, uh, what, what is encouraging another club to encourage them to want to seek a release in order to play for that club? There's, there's nothing that they're seeing. So players who are in that situation, they're not being uh, put out in the sales window at the moment. And for that reason, that unless you know scouts are turning up to our training and seeing that they're training well, then... There's nothing to, to get a bite from. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're going to force anyone out in January. It, the only way someone will leave is if they come to the club and say, well, I want to go elsewhere. Now, we do, though. I mean, what, what do we have? We probably have a couple of hundred grand that is um, injury replacement for um, uh, Jakey Adelson. 
Um, we've also got um, perhaps a little bit of cash um, remaining from the Josh Rose changeover. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how that um, panned out. Um, and we don't usually spend the cap. So that means that the combination of those um, could be a good player. It might be a couple of hundred grand. Um, but then we've got to find somebody who's actually good enough. Um, and unless somebody's uh, citizenship is, is bought through very quickly and Monty's is on the way, as we know, um, then... Straight A. Then a f- yeah, well, that's not really... That well, might not just this month. I mean, it might just make it possible for us to come up with a foreigner before the end of the transfer window, but um, it's tight at best. Mm, um, very so tight. And something that... Something could happen with the Everton thing if we're really on the ball. If there's that's real not till February either. Though. But yeah. how many how many squad places do we have left? One, one. So we can only sign one player if we don't let anyone go. Look, the so. only way I can see it happening is if someone Adelson. leaves and goes to another club. Otherwise, yeah, like as Morris said, we do need to pay out the rest of, the of their contract. Yeah. yeah. So. And we've done that way too much. Yeah. Lately, so. yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we can't. Sorry, we, we can't, can't afford. We can't afford to sign more duds because well, you've done too much of that as well. Not the so much problem, duds, but squad players. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the problem with doing it is that if we make, if we, you know, come up with some half-assed squad filler at this point in the season, and that doesn't work out for us in the more medium term, then we're stuck with that again. Just like we might be stuck with certain players who aren't making the team. Uh, at all at the moment. So unless we're pretty sure of our of the future of this player or players, then we'd be crazy to tie ourselves up into some sort of long-term um, possible failure. Um, so, you know, our best hope is probably uh, somebody who is in another uh, A-League club and who is not getting game time but has shown enough for us to be interested in them, probably f- would have to fit the the young or youthful player mould that your Scott Galloway's kind of pains fit um, in order to satisfy Paolo's sort of methodology and his sort of favourite way of doing things. So there aren't many of those about. Um, but and I, I would say someone that Paolo knows as well. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair call because uh, I think Paolo's smart enough to realise that there's a massive thing, a massive uh, change at stake at the end of the season in terms of player signings because so many are off contract. So that's a time when there can be a lot of change. Um, and I, as much as fans are, you know, upset about the fact that we we, you know, probably need to get out in the player market, um, better better to take a little longer and patiently wait to do it properly than to do it in a half-assed manner and end up with a player in our squad who's not going to get a look in, and we all know there's a few of those at Just the Just another player. Exactly. Yeah. Right, we'll, we'll go on to um, Mike's letter. Um, <clears throat> so I'll try and cut out all the fat. Um, basically fat. says that um, membership numbers and attendances game on game are up this season. Um, I was speaking to Dan briefly just before. He mentioned that we're 46 members away from breaking our all-time record. That's gone up a lot since we spoke to him like two weeks ago as well. Mm. That's like another that's 100 that's or so. With Christmas, I think. Yeah. So there is exactly six games left at home. I'm not sure if that includes Canberra or not. Anyway. Wouldn't, I don't think. Um, so you can still get a membership, 120 bucks. Uh, six games? Six beers as well. Anyway. Um, like our average game uh, crowd this season is actually down, but we hadn't played a game in Canberra last season. So it's a bit... And that would be included in our home average? Yeah, mm. I think it would. How unhelpful. And it's because <laughs> we're playing both New South Wales teams away twice rather than at home twice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can look at it 
I think New Year's Eve was our uh, was our biggest crowd in three years for New Year's. Eleven thousand was it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, I thought New Year's. Oh, sorry, Eve. New Year's. It's our biggest New Year's crowd. Oh, okay. Three years. Oh, okay. It was a good crowd too, I thought. 11, the was quality 11, of the crowd. Yeah. Not yeah. just the quantity, but the quality. It wasn't full of um, race-going pissheads. Oh, you didn't come to basic stand. I did yeah. see yeah. a few. <laughs> you don't get them up there in the prawn sandwiches. We we have in the past had them up there. In fact, there was a year when a guy famously sat in the seat next to my brother, my nephew and I, and one of my daughters. There was our membership group at the time. And um, he didn't like my form of barracking and left at half-time. Fair enough. Loud and rowdy. I'm surprised he lasted that long. A little bit of whistling, a little bit of booing, all of that sort of thing, you know. Oh, well, on it. Um, there were a couple of members that had their seats taken. Now, I was told that this happened to three members. Uh, all three of them had signed up after Ticketek had sold their tickets already. So Ticketek had sold their tickets and then the members signed up for the membership on those seats. So and the other one was only a navy membership. So a ticket deck stuff up. What a surprise! No, it wasn't. So we don't think it was. No, it wasn't because well, what was it then? Because ticket deck had already sold the ticket before the membership had been sold. Coordination oh. times. So there's nothing endemic there. There seemed to be a little bit of a sniff that this had happened in the past. No, the, the, um, a lot of the people that were whinging were just navy members, which aren't reserved seats. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, if your reserve seat is sold. That's absolutely and totally unacceptable. Yeah. If my reserve seat but is sold, the police will be called. As, as I said, <laughs> Ticketek had already sold those tickets before the membership yeah, had well, been sold. You know, obviously we want to try and avoid that occurring and that there might be some things that Dan can do and we know that Dan will not leave oh, you, any you stone unturned. Seats. There's nothing wrong with I'm that. So, I'm so annoyed that we got a crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just think about it. We used to get an average crowd of 12,000 uh, season we have, haven't we? three. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this... It's not a new problem. No, and so... It makes you think, uh, you know, I know that Get your the membership earlier. Yeah. Oh, I and know, if you want I know an allocated whole, seat, yeah, get I, an allocated seat. I know that the whole races thing is included in the ticket if you go to the races, but if you really weren't that interested, you just wouldn't go to the game. So True. these True. people are obviously interested, but they're not coming all the time, and that's what we need to try and pinpoint somehow. Well, that's a good yeah. thing, isn't people, it? People people that go to every game are more important than the one game fair weather fan but, New Year's Eve person. But, yeah, on but the other we hand, need those people though. And what we've done is we've got them to come that night. We've put on a good show. We had Tim Kale there. We performed reasonably well and we could have even won the match. So I'd love to say that they're going to come back, but I, we just know it's not going to happen. Well, you know, even they if might. we're only converting anyway. one or two, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you an example. As, as soon as we play Sydney and we don't get a good result against Sydney. It'll be back to normal. Maybe right, but but these things can sometimes be accumulative. I bought a mate and his family too. I bought two mates actually, and their family cutting out the fat of Sean's Leonard. <laughs> Sorry, of Mike's <laughs> to the Western Sydney game, and his reaction was the beer's better now. Western Sydney are actually good, and your team was okay at times. Um, so that was an okay entertainment proposition. He turned up again with his family at the last minute. Sent me a text asking for a ticket on New Year's Eve. I didn't have one for him, but he still came anyway, so he paid and. And uh, he quite enjoyed it and thought we were all right. So That's good. That, that I'm building that, you know, rapport with the club. So, what about all the bloody freeloaders on the bridge? Oh, yeah. I thought <laughs> they were going to the be forwards. skydivers. Was there a bit of danger there? Or? Come to the game, you bloody scabs. <laughs> True. Right. Would we like to move on with the letter? Yep. That yes, was one. That was now, one paragraph. You can that now cut <laughs> the fat off Mike's meat. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Second paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, he's encouraged Sean and Paolo to look very closely at the January transfer window, which is an exciting time and not for story. all football fans. And not story, no. Damn. He um, says he's hopeful um, if the right opportunity presents itself that we can add an exciting addition to our squad for the remainder of the Hyundai A-League season. Mm. Well, we just kind of spoke about it. But Marcel seat returns. I, that indicates... He was just released. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, Matt. Was it Matt Sim? Matt Sim just, just released. Yeah. Sim return. Four-goal hero. <laughs> um, yep. That indicates to me that um. if Paolo thinks that he has a player that he needs, Mike will spend the money. But it's not going to be an outrageous amount of money. That's all that we can ask, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And and surely we have to trust Paolo. We hired him as our coach to take us forward, so we have to trust him to be able to make wise decisions in signings. Mm. Now, this is drawing a long bow. Although our league position isn't good enough, improvements are now visible compared to where the team was placed last season. Not hard. And with the youngest squad in the Hyundai A-League. Um, it is important that we maintain our position as the best development club for young Australian talent, and I believe we are doing that. Mm. That's all well and good, but you can't be coming last every season and use the excuse that um, you've got young Australian talent in the squad. No, especially when you can't sell it locally. We can't exactly. sell talent locally because there's no transfer rules. Mm. So yeah. it's only overseas uh, comers, and, and that's a fairly, you know... But, yeah, I just find it that he's comparing this season to last season. Last season was a complete write-off and should never be mentioned ever again. Or compared to anything. And yeah. if we want to be really harsh, we're only one spot ahead of where we were last season. And the table doesn't look finished. much different. Some have even presented it as looking worse, haven't they? Uh, yeah, I think we're one point different. Mm. So, But oh, on the positive side, there is a visible change in the way the team goes about its business. Um, ignoring the fact that there has been a significant increase um, in the quality of our oppositions than our own uh, quality with the exception of the individual mistakes that we have repeatedly made over a long time um, we play the game in a way that is more fashionable for Mariners fans put it that way yeah you know I I hope that we continue to have these 18 19 20 year olds in the squad Australians in the squad that are looking to you know move overseas and that because that's essentially what we are and what we probably always will be we will be a club that brings in these youngsters Builds them up and then we sell them on. They're never going to play out their whole career here. But we'd like now. We'd probably like to think as much that as we we'd can, like them to. We can sell some of those players to the likes of City directly to to Sydney directly, yeah. um, so that we can make some money out of young players, um, as we have with the ones that go overseas. So um, bring on the transfer rules, FFA. It's needed badly. Uh, the Central Coast Mariners have and will always be a community-driven club. Our player engagement levels have once again increased across 2016 and I love reading the feedback from parents about how we have positively impacted the lives of so many children on the coast and beyond. I don't think that's um, been a doubt since Arnold left. Yeah, well this is the thing. You still see some people whinge and complain that they don't get out in the community a lot but when they have the stats to prove that they've done it two or three times... More than what they have in the past. Oh, so much more than any other club, yeah. I think. Especially when Arnie was here, because that was when it was the worst. And so. over time, we maybe haven't been so good at presenting how well we're doing that, um, but we're even getting better at that now, I think. So, mm. So yeah, for me, our community engagement is heading back in uh, to where it was when we were really good at it, and, and uh, we can get there. 
Uh, commercially, commercially, we have made significant strides forward over the last 12 months. Uh, visually, you can see the progress at the centre of excellence. Um, however, under Sean's direction, a lot more work is being done in our offices to ensure the club's success for the long term. Now, we are sitting in the COE, and we can see a fair few offices on this uh, level alone that haven't been taken up. I think they need to be filled for um, the prosperity of this, at least. Yeah. Well, I think it was was it around 95% was all taken up, I think, of the leases and that in the building. It would be interesting I to I don't get know how no, much there's a lot they... of lease signs around. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> on, this, on this level. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> we if, don't go elsewhere. <laughs> if you were going to save a few spots... Um, then you would save them on your own level, wouldn't you? So yeah. I'd be interested to know what the take-up rate is on the other floors. I haven't been to any of them. Uh, I don't know how much. We've got W League. What's exciting right now is the, are the huge opportunities that 2017 brings and how this club will continue to grow both on and off the field. In 2017, we are very hopeful of launching a Mariners Westfield W League team. Today we confirmed our intentions to acquire a Westfield W League licence and we are preparing our proposal to Football Federation Australia to join the Westfield W League. That was the main thing I got out of the letter. Yeah, same. Because remember the uh, the old days when we had a pretty good W League team and uh, I think it was, what, 2009, 2010, we made a major semi that we unfortunately lost, but... Back in the day, we had a very good side. I reckon it was Michelle Heyman. Kai Simon as well yeah. at one stage. It was, Kendall Fletcher. It was the unfortunate thing that it was run by, or the money uh, came from Football New South Wales, I think. Um, yeah. So that was never going to work in the long term. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were wasting a lot of money uh, around that time and then up until... Uh, we won the grand final, so we were never going to have another team, and it's sort of taken this long to get us back to a point where um, we can it go looks for it. like yeah, it looks like it's going to be possible, which is awesome. Um, but you know, the elephant in the room is we have have to be able to afford it. Yeah, and yeah. that's the big proviso for me that if we can't afford it, we shouldn't be doing it. But I'm going to make the assumption that because Sean is um, positive on this idea. That, and because Mike is positive on the idea, obviously, that that means that we've thought about the financial aspects of it and we think that that's within our capabilities. Mm. I have a sneaky feeling that North Shore is going to pay for quite a bit of it, but I don't know if that's true or not. I However, it's accounted it's for as long as it doesn't drag us back into, you know, problems with our finances, yeah. then um, I'm all for it. Yeah. We've, got a, we've got quite a group of fans who are interested in women's league, interested enough mm. to make, you know... I love watching the W League. Yeah, and I, I, I like watching the W League now, but obviously if we had our own team, then I'd be way more into it. Yeah, yeah. I only object to the fact that we put in a lot of work and we don't get a, a, a future return from our own team and it's, um, you know, profile raising. So, Okay, following on from the W League, um, there's a necessity for Central Coast Stadium uh, to continue to improve. So as we saw recently, there's only two dressing rooms and if you want to have a W League team, you pretty much need to have four um, yeah. So he mentions that Centre Coast Council and um, need to come on board and, and try and, I don't know, upgrade the stadium. Uh, he's put in here that he's uh, recently presented our vision for Centre Coast Stadium and what it can look like in the future. And that um, our council needs to encourage us to invest in the infrastructure and allow us, allow us to take on the management rights to our stadium. 
This is the only thing that's kind of annoying because now we have to rely... We have to kind of rely on the council uh, to get a W League team in a way. Because if, if, if we don't get the extra two dressing rooms, then we won't get a team. Or there'll be no, there'll be no double headers or anything like that, which then it sort of seems a little bit pointless because the whole thing is you want it all in one thing. Well, speaking of double headers, we've got one coming up in uh, January on well, the 28th. We don't now, don't we? No, we don't. Yeah. This weekend we don't. It was originally proposed, I think, but it's not now. We haven't got any more double headers because we lost the last game because of the whole dressing room thing, yeah. which was because of Oh, Fox. sorry. Sorry, I misread that. Uh, he's talking about the um, uh, stadium development. So this is a very achievable goal uh, that you will see us work towards in 2017. And one of the main reasons for my visit to the Central Coast in January ahead of our match on the 28th. Sorry, I misread that. Yeah, well, that's going to be a pretty big week. Um, depending on what comes out of that, uh, because I think it's important there. The wording that he used is that it looks like they're going to go for the management rights and not buy it, because I don't think buying it is going to happen. And if they could get a long-term lease and even uh, in, included in that management rights agreement uh, be um, the Mariners taking responsibility for some development in the stadium, even the development of a second set of changing rooms. Um, and I think he will put in the money for that, yeah, given so, the opportunity. Yeah, so, and as an investment. So, to me, this is, well, I guess when I first heard the story about we want to buy the stadium, um, then I felt that it was likely that we were putting in an ambit claim and that we would settle for managing the stadium ourselves. Gives us some rights in terms of the amount that we pay or not. Um, for the hire of the stadium, gives us the opportunity to increase its usage properly, gives us the opportunity to have an impact on the development of the stadium, i.e. get rid of the Bears seats and get some yellow and navy ones if that's something that we like, or whatever the biggest priorities are. Gives us an opportunity to deal with the um, issues around catering and a whole variety of issues. There's a lot of issues around catering. And they seem to be getting worse. That shit was a nightmare on the weekend. Oh, half-time and the corn chips are out and our... Premium product, not is the corn nachos. chips. Jesus, the lines at the bar were like thirty meters long, and then the bar down the end isn't even open. And I get that they expect a crowd of six thousand, but Timmy Kale was coming. Surely they had some idea. They they read, you know, get packs information before any of us. So how is it that they can't, you know, prepare for these things yeah. properly? It's and the worst part about that is that uh, normal people think that's the club, and then they get turned off and then don't come back. Yeah, and it's embarrassing. It's yeah. Not good. So, yeah, I think it'd be good if we got those management rights. and Some uh, sort of a 99-year lease thing is what we need. Yeah, and uh, but part of the agreement to be that the Mariners need to make investment in the um, infrastructure itself uh, yeah. in whatever the priorities are. Um, he mentions the um, Fox Sports deal and says that um, a fair distribution means a minimum payment of $6 million per club for each uh, per year for each club. This was my favourite bit. Because I think he's dreaming. I can't see that happening. So like I said before, $6 million for each club is essentially more than what the Fox's Fox deal is worth every season. So then that, say... We've got free-to-wear free to wear, we've got digital rights as well. Free-to-wear at most, I think, will be $15 million. Um, that That only leaves that for the FFA basically to do what they want with. I don't... They're not going to give every club $6 million. 
again, is it is it some sort of an ambit claim that, that says um, put it out there? I'm a bit surprised that he's talking figures instead of percentages. Um, we've heard via various sources that the level of input in terms of um, a, this um, funding for the cap in other codes is as high as 130 and 140% of the cap. Um, I'm surprised Mike's not looking to get, forget about the figures, 120 or 130% of the cap that then uh, gives us the opportunity to, to spend the cap and still have sufficient uh, funding to, you know, accommodate keep players, on. keep the lights on, uh, fly players here and there, etc., and and uh, generally help our bottom line. Um, he goes on to criticise CFFA and, you know, say that they reckon that um, the A-League is the bread and butter of Australian football, yet they don't really invest in it. So he, he calls on he calls on the FFA to bring that out, um, and then he goes on to say, as such, during my visit in January, Sean Paolo and I will host members only forum to discuss all aspects of the club, where all members will be given the opportunity to ask questions. No, oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's going to be like that'll be very interesting. I hope he's got security. <laughs> can yeah. we can we start using this song as an anthem? That'll be the, one of the questions. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Those are the sorts you know of what? questions that we're going to get. I would like us to mediate that forum and just filter out the shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need a good filter. That'll be fun. It needs, it's going to be have to top-notch filter. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Because it, it's, it's weird because there's a lot of people that like to um, speak their mind about him and the way he does things, but I bet you they don't come to the fan forum and ask him the questions in person. But it's a really hard one because what I'd like to say is why don't the questions be submitted to the club in advance so that they can be asked efficiently and we can get through as many as possible. But that also would mean that some fans would be upset about the club vetting which questions actually do get asked. That and the fact that they could then write decent answers not being put on the spot. Yeah. Well, that certainly is that a good or a bad? You can see that however you like, I guess. Well, I guess you get a more in-depth answer, but then would it be one that curves around the answer? Maybe, but um, still, uh, getting an in-depth answer, uh, like this assumption that somehow we want to be um, dishonest. I'm not sure if I'm a su- oh, I'm not saying we're dishonest, it. but so, but but I get that you know the immediacy of people asking questions, but when you ask immediate questions, sometimes you get stupid answers. Was anyone there at the forum where? can't think who it was who got up and asked about uh, community ownership models and the potential for that and uh, Peter Turnbull got up and scoffed at that and said, oh, <laughs> we've got Mike's money. <laughs> Anyone remember that one? No. No. Well, I was there and uh, that was, I'm pretty sure it was at Edelong actually at the at the War Memorial Club at, or the Diggers as I think it's called now. And if that's the kind of response you get uh, from questions off the floor because it's not thought about, there's not time to think about it, then that's just yeah useless. Right, lastly, but certainly not least, uh, we are trying to bring frame football to Australia. Uh, Frame football is an up-and-coming sport in Europe, enabling children with cerebral palsy and other disabilities to play football using mobility walking frames. Uh, One of our members has developed and patented the world's first frame for outdoor usage, which would enable kids to play football on grass as opposed to indoor usage, which is the restriction today. Making football accessible for... um, for everyone is something that we are passionate about and hope we hope that this is an area of the game we can help grow. Shout out to that member and we should 
definitely have them on here. Yes, Clever. we need to find out who they are. Yeah. If, if, if anyone knows who that is, definitely message us. Yeah, um, yeah that's really cool. Absolutely. Similar it's to the uh, power chair. Yeah, any way say, that we yeah. can enhance um, football in Australia for everybody and make it more inclusive, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he just goes on to say Happy New Year, etc., etc. That's the fact we tried to cut and we didn't really do that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, Fred's questions. How was your Christmas? Good, thanks. Good. In Queensland. Not too bad. Severely sunburned. Did you eat too much? But I'm okay. Yes. Two servings of everything. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Mark? There's no such thing as Mate, a diet at Christmas. Christmas is the time I get to eat my mum's trifle. It is the best. Loved it. I yep. only ever eat trifle at Christmas. I never eat it any other time of the year. Superb. I had a lot of turkey. I had a lot, a of, lot of turkey. Would have been good. It I had good. a fair bit of ham. Um, then he asked, can we, can Trent please start next game? Because he actually wrote this before New Year's. He was like clairvoyant, wasn't he? Well, Trent, he, Trent he should did. start for the next yeah. 10 years. He did start and he was bloody impressive. Mm, he was. Um, crack and goal, great assist. What a finish. Got plenty of the ball down the wing. Who they was it that was marking him? Frenich? Yes. People tried to mark him, but... Well, I'm it's sure so he's going up against a fullback that's played for the Socceroos and he's done pretty and well. And played really well for the Socceroos too mm, yeah. in this World Cup. Yeah. Um, and he goes on, how good was the last game? How good was the 2-2? It was good, but it not... We should have won. If Galloway... Yeah, we'll get on to that Ga- shortly, Galloway keeps his feet. It's mm. 2-1 and we yeah. win. Um, of all the points that Mike mentioned in his email, which what do you see are the priorities for the team after getting a couple of players? Winning games of football. <laughs> That's why simple, we're in a simple as that. Insightful. Mm. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm back to our words about signing players. Be very careful about how we sign players. Do not sign them if they are not better than what we have. Yeah, we've been way too willy nilly exactly. in the last two years. So, but other priorities, um, I would say that um, my favourite priorities is first priority is for us to get more control of how that stadium operates. It's the thing that we most whinge about. Beer lines. Beer lines, food not so there, bad. corn chips run out. Fucking corn chips again? Jesus Christ. I know. Just go to Coles and mate, buy some. Mate, you should, try, you should try nachos with no corn chips. All right, we're joined by our shot stopper, Paul Izzo. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Pleasure to be on. All right. Now, you made your uh, professional debut playing for Adelaide against the Central Coast at uh, Blue Tongue Stadium in 2012. Um, can you remember much from that night? Um, of course. I mean, it was my first game. So, I mean, like every player, you never, ever forget your first game that you play um, professionally. And um, for me, it was uh, very important for me because I was... Um, it was... Um, I was not expecting it one bit, you know, to be chucked in so quickly, especially behind um, Galekovic, who was, like, the best goalkeeper in the league at that time, and he went away with the Socceroos, so I was, like, pretty shocked that it came so quick. You're only 17, 18 at the time, weren't you? Yeah, I was uh, literally just turned 17. Oh, wow. very young. Nice and young. Yeah. Um, so you've you've made 16 appearances uh, in teams among the Socceroos, um, sort of with with the under-20s and under-23s. <clears throat> um, in those appearances, most of them have been 
um, under Paolo. How has his presence at the club uh, changed things for you from last year? Well, um, for me personally, um, um, uh, being obviously part of all of Paolo's 20 uh, squads, um, I know his standards and they're very high. So when I heard that he was um, getting signed or taken on the job, um, I knew a lot was going to change around the club because previously that was a bit different. And um, for me, I was very excited because I knew um, he would be able to, you know, fix things up from the bottom to the top. So, um, yeah, I knew straight away as soon as he was coming in, you know, a lot of things were going to change and um, obviously for the better. So have you got anything juicy um, about Paolo from those times? You've known him about as long as just about anyone we know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nothing too juicy for you, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he hasn't changed too much, you know. <laughs> he's still sticking with the same philosophy, which is good in a coach because if they haven't changed, that means they believe completely in it. So, um, yeah, everything tactically is uh, pretty much the same, and, um, yeah. Uh, you've had an upturn of form this season. You uh, made the team of the week in round five, and then got the man of the match against uh, the old enemy in uh, the F3 derby. What do you think's been the main difference for you this season? Oh, of course, it's been um, the way we play. I mean, I'm, I'm coming under a lot less pressure from the opposing teams. I mean, there's still things I'm going to deal with, but, you know, it's not. I'm not dealing with 50, 60, 70 sometimes interactions in a game like last year. And obviously when... The, you have to make so many actions in a game, you're bound to make mistakes. And I think um, now that my interactions have been pretty much cut in half, I think there's a lot less room for error and a lot less pressure on me. And um, obviously uh, the back four is a lot more well-structured in our style, so um, it takes a lot more pressure off us. You look like you're playing with um, a lot more confidence and uh, so last season of course was a, a difficult one for all of us and probably none had it more challenging than you did. Um, what do you, what have you mostly taken for the future from those challenges? Um, yeah, of course. I'll, I'll never regret going through um, last season. I mean, um, I look at it as a, uh, as a way now that I've got an advantage over a lot of people. You know, um, I've been through pretty much the worst that's possibly uh, that's possible for a young goalkeeper, and um, things can only get better, obviously, which they have. And um, you know, it's given me a a big uh, mental toughness that's going to be very valuable for me, I think, to come the future. Maybe when I move over, uh, move away, or you know, go somewhere else, and you know, whatever life challenges come to me. Uh, too true. You've shown a lot of strength this year, especially to bounce back after a season like last year. Um, do you actually live on the Central Coast, or do you um, do you travel? Yeah, I'm a I'm a Womble boy. Okay. Uh, what's your favourite thing about um, playing for a regional team and living in a small city rather than you know being in one of the bigger cities? Yeah, well, coming from Adelaide, you know, um, it's obviously a bigger city than the Central Coast here, but um, it's still pretty quiet and. You know, to get around, it's very easy, and um, you know, there's, it's not so. I don't know how to explain, like stressful kind of. And it's very similar to the, the coast, really, because obviously it's not a massive city, but 
it's got everything you need and um, it's very quiet sometimes and honestly I prefer that way of life to be fair I mean I'm not much of a person that loves to live in the big cities there's tons of traffic and people everywhere and all that so yeah it's a very nice place Um, this one's uh, a little off the uh, football path, Paul. Um, what do you do with your time off? I, I understand that you like a spot of fishing and um, your mate Painey has dubbed you in as being able to talk a fairly big game there. Um, can you tell us? Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that, maybe your uh, most recent big catch? You're talking oh, to a fisherman, Paul, it's, too. It's, it's, hard. It's, it's hard to choose what one because there's, there's many big catches. Good response. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, if, if you want to talk to Connor about fishing, you know, it's usually like catching like bait fish and, you know, the, the tiny ones. <laughs> Toad fish. But yeah, yeah I, I, could, I could have a long, in-depth conversation about it if you want, but yeah, I think I'll leave that for another time. It's, it's too long a story. I'll give you five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we better move it on. Uh, I don't want to talk about too much. We'll be here for about three hours with Buddy Aaron involved in it. Yeah, if you start, if you yeah, start yeah, there, yeah, it could yeah. go on for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Um, what was it like to return to Adelaide and play in front of your own family and win with us? Oh, it was it was the best uh, outcome possible for me. You know, uh, I can't remember how many tickets I stole off the boys to get all my family <laughs> and friends. I think I jagged them over thirty, so I had a big following there, and I couldn't let too many people down. Coming from a um, an ethnic background where you know, your parents are pretty harsh on you. But, um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic, especially to get a, a result away from home. You know, um, obviously, wins don't come easily around here too often. But uh, I think that day, you know, it showed uh, times are changing. And, um, yeah, we're on the right track. Now, you're the Mariners' um, power chair ambassador. Um, what does power chair football mean to you? Um, interesting story. I had, uh, not me, um, my dad's cousin had um, the similar disease that, I don't know if you know Jake Banks? Yeah. Yep, as him. And um, when my mother was pregnant, uh, he spoke to my mum and he said to her that she was pregnant with a boy and she didn't know. And then, boom, there came me. So I was named after him. And, um, yeah, for me, it's just uh, saying it's a bit close to home for me that I just want to help out with the power chair team. And, um, yeah, um, I'm sure their this, this season actually starts soon now. It's in January. So um, I'm talking with Sharon at the moment to try to organise something before a home game to, you know, get the, um, the crowd behind them and let them know that they're still supporting them as well. So will that be at Niagara Park? Just having a guess. Pardon? Where will the games be played? Um, they're based in Sydney. Oh, okay. I think in in West Sydney. So it's a bit of a trip, but um, it's definitely worth it after you see one game. It's it's amazing. I went there in the preseason, and um, yeah, they're they're incredible. Um, our most recent result was a pretty good one. We uh, took the flight to Melbourne City, which was I think, great for fans to see, and pro- we're probably unlucky not to win. What, you, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think it was um, one of our strongest performances of the season. Um, I think, uh, you know, Paolo's been stressing to us about believing in the way we play, and, you know, if we played to the best of our abilities with this style, you know, we're able to compete with 
any team in this league. And I think that definitely showed on the weekend because, um, you know, you look at obviously Melbourne City's budget compared to ours and I don't think we've even got enough money to you know, get one of their football pitches that they train on. But, um, yeah, like it shows that uh, the, the style we're playing is it's, if we execute it right, we can compete well with the biggest teams in the league. And I think that's something that the fans enjoy the most, you know, supporting an underdog team that kind of sticks it to the big boys as well. Uh, this weekend, we've obviously got a huge game against Sydney FC. Uh, they haven't lost yet. They've been playing really well. Obviously, it's very early in the week, but um, what do you think that we'll have to do this week to try and nullify them? Well, we're going to have to, obviously, um, if not uh, repeat uh, last this weekend's game. But if not, we have to do a lot more because Sydney, um, they've obviously got a lot more confidence than Melbourne City did at the time. You know, they're undefeated in the season, and when you're undefeated for this long, you're doing something right. So we uh, we just can't afford to, you know, give away those sometimes cheap little errors that we bring upon ourselves. And um, I'm sure if we don't concede any, you know, silly or cheap goals, then I'm confident we can be the first team this season to beat Sydney. Okay, uh, well, thank you for joining us this week, Paul. Appreciate it, mate. No worries, any time. It was great. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for being on. Okay, on to reviews. Week 12, this is going back a fair way. Apologies if we're a bit rusty. It was so long ago, it was last year. Yeah. Friday. Friday night, uh, Brisbane Raw at home against Wanderers, one all. Honestly, don't remember. It. I can't remember what happened. This I don't remember be the this best round. reviews ever. There was well, t- there was two goals scored, one by each team, and that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> Good review, <laughs> I'd say. I, I, I do remember watching this game. Um, yeah, there's some good things that happened in it. Yeah, go on. Don't forget what they were. Well, my assessment of the game, Brisbane probably had most of the chances, the better of the chances, and really only crappy finishing from some of them uh, led to them not taking the full points. Because they pretty much dominated the first 60 minutes, didn't they? And then Wanderers came back after three And had a few moments. Yeah, 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 they had a few moments. Um, uh, But uh, one of my favourite moments was when Brendan Sandalab got a straight red for a forearm to the head of Jade North. I thought Jade North probably always deserves a forearm to the head and (laughs) Brendan Sandalab always deserves to be sent off. So, so Merry that Christmas. Was, uh, that was sort of just desserts for the well dirtiest said. player in the A-League, really. Well so. said. I hate Sandalab. Yeah, so. uh, Jets Wellington 2 all. Don't remember everything about it. Actually, no, that was the match where... Um, <laughs> uh, something happened. Where Newcastle uh, played so against Wellington. A, a, a soccer thing happened, I think. <laughs> Newcastle Sydney. shaded the better of the chances. Sydney. It was a pretty even encounter. You've written all this down, It was you? end to end. I've reviewed, oh. the, I've reviewed the game and I watched it at the time, so it's just hard to remember because it was two weeks ago. I caught the back end of that game, I think. Sydney winning 4-0 against Adelaide. Another four goals for Sydney in a match. So How many 4 nils have there been this season? Lot. Uh, I'm going to say three. Oh, sorry, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two-horse race. Like back to for real. Like sort of talk about the season. It's victory in Sydney and the rest. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, that's where it's going. It's not good. Definitely. Okay, on the Tuesday, City three all against Perth. Surely you guys have got some talking points out of I this. I didn't one. see it. I was in the car going to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Because there was heaps in this Mark one. Mark Warren got man of the match. 
Are you Warren, serious? Warren, I... Do you think was, I'm serious? He conceded two penalties. It's Warren, as if he could should ever be man of the match. should have been sent off, but managed somehow to stay on the field until the 78th minute and get a subbed off. The amount man he must match. be paying Sean Evans is ridiculous. Because he should have been sent I mean, off. He was How much are Perth paying him? Because it's probably 100k too much. He was at fault for all three goals and gave away <laughs> yeah. two penalties. And a whole bunch of other fouls that should have been titled into So at that's least. why he got dropped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, that wasn't but that wasn't all, of course, because um, Bruno Fornaroli had two penalties saved. With, enough, a, with our old mate, enough so City really bottled it. About that, City um, completely bottled this game. Then, yeah, that would be one way to say it. And just when I thought Sean Evans was incapable of giving a red card after the Warren affair, then uh, Dino Julbich and uh, Fernando Brandan had, had a little, little tiff in, in the box, mm. and, and um, Dino kicked him first, and Brandan kicked him back. They have a little kissy Dino kissy in the box, again and everybody went off. And, uh, yeah. I still think it's. I still moment. think it should have been a free kick to Julbich, but he's Probably obviously missed it. Or And then Julbich, being Julbich, gets the shits, kicks him, Brandon kicks him, and then Julbich knees him right in the ribs or whatever, and then it's all on. Yeah. Just and, it, and he's off. Yeah. And he's off. And it was good, and too. It was good, both good off. violent conduct. And uh, <laughs> sadly, um, the uh, FFA had an opportunity to sort of do something about the Brandan phenomena. And really, they bottled it. Unsurprisingly. Right. Um, 4-1 Melbourne victory against us. Move on. You were down there for that? <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> briefly spoke about it. Any positives out of, out of the match apart from Trent? No. Oh, no. Trent's about the only yeah, positive. You've covered it. Beautiful finish, though, that. It we was. speak about that the, for 30 seconds. The back line was just absolutely atrocious. Oh, so it didn't exist. No. Well, it was... It, we where did, where was the marking for Donicky's goal? Honestly. Mm. And we didn't... Everyone's ball watching and Donicky's like, thank you very much, I'll run in and put in a free header at the back post to score. And yeah. I'm off the cuff here, but the first goal, we turned Own it goal. over easily, yeah. didn't bother chasing yeah. hard for it. Yeah. Liam Rose coming out of the back. I, don't, I still don't we know what he was trying to do. We were absolutely trash that coming out of the back all game. That must have been hard for game. you to say, Boise, because I know how much it you was. love Rosie. I love Rosie. But that was poor. So yeah. Far too crap. Um, the positives. Were the positives. It wasn't worse. Exactly right. The positives were we didn't concede more than four because we easily could have. Yeah, it could have got a lot worse. Just didn't the, turn The up. Trent Consolation goal made the score look very, like, very good compared to how we played. Yeah. Oh, moving on from that happiness to another set of happiness. <laughs> Sydney 2 0 over Brisbane. Sydney are just freaky at the moment. Yep, way too good for Brisbane. Never yeah. looked in the game really to me, even though some people seem to think they did. Um, Sean Evans. Can no, I just Sydney, say that? Sydney just controlled the match. Hashtag conspiracy. They did. They did control the match. Yeah. And um, they apparently controlled the ref too because Brosk should have been sent off after kicking the ball away early in the second half. Well, let's be no, really that, was, that was still in the first half, was it? And Sean Evans uh, isn't as bad as Mike Dean. And as far as the second yellow in the second half when he booted Devere, for me that was a straight red. Fair yeah. enough. I agree. Yeah. So I still can't get over that Brosk came out the next day and said that he does that heaps of times during a game and he never gets put up for it. <laughs> what, you run behind people and like that, absolutely that, hack yeah, the crap right. out of That him. for me is a straight red. And yeah, he's a captain. I've had that happen he didn't to try me. to play the ball. What a stupid thing to do when you're on a yellow and you're the captain and you've got so much experience as well. Like, and you're in why? front. He played Devere's knee. Yeah. yeah. He did not play the ball. He did not even attempt to play the ball. The ball was where he was not touching it. Simple. Let me just say, I've got pinched nerves in my neck because someone did that to me once. 
Yeah, no. And I can't sleep properly at night now because if I lay on my left, it's fucked. If you kick a guy intentionally, and that's what I think happened, isn't that violent conduct? Yeah. Yeah. That's a red card. Yeah, in a few weeks. Exactly. And, um, and, and to b- finish that off, Sean Evans, that's two matches in a row where he couldn't give a red card when it was necessary or a second yellow when it was necessary. Fail. Uh, leading on to uh, our draw with City. It was Good. an entertaining match. Good game. Good, good game of football. Roy, okay, so Roy scored and hashtag Trent scored. That boy Trent. Do you think Roy should have had more? Yes, and I think he and admitted he that too. He really needed to stop getting offside. He really needed to try and stay onside and check his runs. Yeah, I, I think there's no um, there's no shame in that result at all, and um, especially the way we played. It, it, sort did, of it did suck, though, that we didn't win it, though. Yeah. One little momentary lapse. For 15 minutes after full-time, it felt like a loss. Yep. But then you reflect on it and you think, well, that's what we're capable of. That's where the bar needs to be set. Yeah, that's what we have to keep doing. It was possi- it was arguably our best effort of the season. I thought the second mm. half was the best we'd played all season. How much did we dominated. City miss Brandon? A bit, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, a or little a bit. bit. I think I think they missed him a little bit, but I don't think like we were still would have played the same thing if he was on the field. Yeah, but how much did we miss uh, Farty? Um, you know, Daniel McBreen pointed out he Not was at shot all. by a sniper. Not at all <laughs> with his second touch of the ball. Well, I think he was complaining that Fornaroli had. Need him in the ass or something. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. He got on. like a cork in his bum or he's like his t- upper thigh. So his glute slash yeah. thigh. Yeah. Okay. It was weird. But full that. credit to Mickey Neal when he came on because Mickey Neal did play very well. Yeah, top I'll be he's honest, I was a little bit worried. He's he played for us for he a while. He did well, yeah. yeah. I think most people, when they saw Mickey Neal coming on, would have got a little bit worried when you look at uh, his recent form. Um, but he did do very well when he came on. Um, when he was probably least expecting it as well. So what was the formation we played? We mentioned... Well, I was, was about to mention that. Coast FM put up the team sheet before the game that uh, the coaches um, have to do and it had us playing uh, three, three, four, two, one. No, three, four, one, two. Yes. And I don't think we did. That wasn't the picture <laughs> that Fox showed. No, we, we, played it, we played a 4-2-3-1, surely. Well, that's that's what it looked like it on looked the Fox like. Fox diagram, and that's yeah. what it looked like on the pitch at least. Because it was on. what it was: Cabsy on the wing, Bahadur on the other, O'Donovan up front. That's what it looked like. And then it was um, Bezer and Monty at the back of the midfield, Powell in the usual spot. Yeah, unless unless the plan changed when Fatih went off. I think it might have, but mm. um, I don't. I think Ocon was maybe trying to play play a little bit of mind games. Us there, playing maybe. three at the back is. Not something I want to see. <laughs> no, and it uh, can work. Well, yeah, it can. Oh, you, but need, you need better. You need better defenders, though. Yeah, but I thought you our need combination. Three backs. Yeah, I thought yeah. our combination in the centre of defence, which it worked in the past, has worked in the past. McGing and Ascroft was a good combination yep. again. Agreed. I think Ascroft was really good. And uh, so we then put uh, Galloway on the right, which he does an okay, a pretty good job there so far. And uh, and Mickey now, that's his best game of the season for me. Um, yeah, he, he pretty much he had to look after Bruce Kamau. Remember, um, I rate Bruce. He's Kamau. very tricky. Very tricky. Uh, that's very, that's a very good point. Kamau was uh, pretty quiet all game, wasn't he? Exactly. Was he the one that put in the cross for Kale's goal? Yes, he was. So he was. That was probably he had that assist, but other than that, he didn't really do that much. Yeah. Yeah. So um, kudos to him, and um, really, it went to script, didn't? 
Timmy, Timmy yeah. Kale scored yeah, the much. emphatic header. It was going to script until we turned up and started playing pretty good stuff in the second half. Yeah. yeah. And I you know, I get that it's Tim Cahill, but that was some poor marking again. Yeah. It was. Yes, it was. And he it's had those free, little it, things. A free header from, what, six yards out, he's never going to miss that. Yeah, if yeah. that. And it was a missing, just the missing talk because you could see in the replays, Monty knew what was going to happen, couldn't get there, didn't get the talk happening quick enough to bring either of the central defenders close enough to And him. once again, it was ball-watching. It was. Damn yeah. ball-watching. And then, so in the second half, Paolo changes it up and he puts on Fabio for Paolo which essentially looked like a number 10, is what he was doing. Well, some of his play was there, but there was a lot of rotation with that front four. Yeah, so there were times when, the when Fab was on the left, times when Fab was on the right. Well, I think that there would were be time, very hard to mark too. Was, there yeah. were times yeah. when Bahaja was going into the middle as well, wasn't exactly. he? Exactly. Yeah. I thought yeah. that as well. So I couldn't really pick who the 10 was if that's what we were doing. It seemed like we were doing some sort of rotating formula there. But I'll tell you what, that run... Uh, that Fab, uh, he rides a tackle and then runs towards the centre, opening up the space for Trent beautifully and yeah. then plays the ball when I thought he wasn't going to play the ball. I thought he was going to be position. selfish and go himself. I'm thinking, pass it, pass uh, it, pass it, pass it. And at the time, he had kind of pain on the right as well. So he could have gone that way early, mm. didn't go that way, and then uh, really set Trent up. See, so, he kept uh, it nice and simple. He did. And it worked. Didn't try yeah. and trick anybody. Which is what he tends to not do lately. And full credit to Trent because he, still, he still had a lot to do. And I think that goal last week against Melbourne Victory gave Trent a lot of confidence, um, despite obviously the goal meaning nothing. When he but unleashed that shot, I thought it was going wide. And then I realised, thinking, oh, this is on target. I thought it was going to hit side netting. And then I realised, oh, off the bar and in, scene, yeah. hashtag scenes. I think, Bazanis, I think Bazanis thought it was going to miss as well because he half-heartedly went. Yeah. Oh, either that or mm. it was such a cracking and powerful strike that he just knew he wasn't going to get there. Mm. And, and you then, can't save it. If it if it goes off the, the underside of the crossbar, you're never going to save it. Yeah. No. And then okay. Roy's, Roy's goal, sorry. Roy's no, goal go. came about, like you said, from that rotation. Another quick break, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, because we had Connor Payne out wide and then all of a sudden Trent pops up on the same side as him and then he gets the assist down that right-hand side. And Trent looked buggered as well, but he's still making that run. Yeah. And that ball, tough ball to make, similar to the Kamau ball. It was a perfect ball. Cahill, yeah. It has to be spot on, and it was spot on, yeah. and, and Roy did what Roy, Roy has could to do. F- well, Roy couldn't miss from there. Luckily, he, off when he scored, luckily too. he didn't, because it sort of it sort of hit, I think it hit Buzanis's, um, his was it his shin or his, his Someone heel? Someone told me it was a nutty. Yeah, it was. It went through his legs. I think it like hit his, yeah. hit his heel or something and went in. So it almost didn't happen, but luckily it did go in. And almost grabbed a third for the Mariners as well. Oh, very close. Absolutely, he should have scored that. Yeah, that's, Fer- some, that's uh, something. That was that we Ferreira had. shot, wasn't it? And then came off. Rosanna sh- yeah. saved, and I Donovan should have had a tap in. Yeah. Was it a shot? I could never quite. Yeah, it was because yeah. it, because was. It wonder, I wondered myself whether or not he just tried to lay the ball. He, could, across he, the he box ran and cut inside. He ran and cut inside, and was like, "Oh, I'm going to have a go here," and like smashed it. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Roy after the goalkeeper makes a save. Roy then oh, just yeah. he just possibly yeah. in two minds. He yeah. just sort of cushions the ball, and it looked as though he might have just cushioned it at the far post because the quickest guy over there was Trent, and it al- that almost came off as much as Roy's. You know, mm. slow rolling pass. If it if it did go a bit wider and had a little bit a little bit more pace on it, I think Trent definitely got there. Would, would have scored. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Uh, that was on the field. Then, oh, hang on, we haven't dealt with the penalty, have we? Oh, I was going to ask you, um, what do you think of that tackle? Hundred percent penalty. I at first I didn't. I thought it was a dive because of where we were, because we we're so far away. But it was a penalty and. A, 
pretty stupid to go to ground there. Yeah. A bit of inexperience, I think, there. You've got to know where you are and yeah. whether... And who you're tackling is important as well. It was soft but predictable. I thought, I yeah. thought at first it was, it was, was Arzani, is that his name? This One of the City youth players that was on their bench, but... I, I thought it was um, Fornaroli that went down the box, but it wasn't. It was, I think, his name was Arzani who got the pen for C. Probably the commentators so who don't know many of the names got that wrong and confused you. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah. You just have to know tackle. You just have to know where and what to do in those moments, and he didn't need to go down in the box. Kudos yeah. to the young fella because he played all right, but how's he about did. he had the opportunity to win the game for them when he went one on one with Izzo very late, and, and he uh, tried to be cute. His outside of the boot yeah. shot went out for a throw in. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of Naboo. It reminded me of Naboo for victory against Perth away a couple of seasons ago. Remember that? And he got he got in on goal and he tried to do a uh, fancy flick and it ended up in it for a throw in. Yeah, you know I think that's why he's at Newcastle. Yeah, when you look at that, they're worth nine million. We're worth two point two. If yeah. that, there's nothing wrong with that result at all. But that has to be the bar now. Yeah, definitely. If we can perform like that, we will hurt some. If teams. we can play like the second half for the rest of the season, we'll be okay. Yeah. Can I have a wine? A quick wine, very quick. A drink or? Uh, I think I think no, 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 this has got an H then. in it. This wine's got an H in it. Go the um, organisation around the song is preventing any chance of us actually having a decent attempt at adopting that song. You know, I was just about to say that's Agreed. it for on field. Let's talk about off field. How stupid it is that the song is played a half an hour before kickoff when no one's there. Well, it's that, but it's all it add to that the fact that when it is played and it was played uh, just before kickoff, maybe just before walkout actually, and no, it's uh, played as they're warming up. Uh, yeah, that might be right. But uh, whenever it was, not long before the game, then it could have been sung, except that the ground announcer then spoke over the top of it for most of the song and spoiled any chance that that could happen. I'll be honest, you can't hear it in Bay 16 anyway. Because of the PA thing, which we've been through before. Yes, yes. And so, as if that wasn't enough, though, after the game, and look, <laughs> we want to be, we want to interview Trent, and the crowd wants to hear what Trent's <sighs> got to say, but the song was played, got through the, just got to the bit where I started to sing... And all of a sudden, we cut to the Fox interview, and that was the end of the song. If that no, no, they started playing it again. By then, I'd after moved, the interview, I forgot it was on near Bay Sixteen, and you yeah. can't hear it down there. So yeah. you know, if we can't, you know, get FFA to support us with the organisation around that, and get the organisation ourselves together, we're never going to make any song work. Yep. I'm royally over talking about the song. Oh <laughs> all right, that's it for that. <laughs> um, that's my wind down. Bagpipes, good one. Now, as much as I like the bagpipes, and I have missed them, um, yeah, they're great, but the need to fit in with what we're trying to achieve in active, and that's predominantly vocal support, um, the band take away from the vocal support, and if we add in bagpipes to that band, it's going to take away even more. Um, as we've discussed off, off, um, off recording, is that, you know, as much as we love them, we'd love to have just certain sections of the game dedicated to them because, um, yeah, I, I get lots of enjoyment out of it, but whether it works as an active support or not, I don't think it does. I love a little cameo of the Piper, you know, three minutes in each half where a song that um, is agreeable to people gets... You can probably get more than know. that. Yeah, some organised way of coordinating things rather than a mishmash of hopefuls, which is what it kind of seems like sometimes when the band is a bit loud for some chance or probably shouldn't be a part of some chance. And the bagpipe would be exactly the same. Um, if it's if it's not organised or coordinated, then it'll interfere with how active support works. And let's face it, the, the football culture is active support. We want to 
We want to enhance that. The first half of the game, I was telling people behind me to stand on the seats because the people behind them were just sitting down and whinging that people in front of them were standing up. Nice. So, <laughs> so thanks if you're me. if you're win- if you're sitting down and active and then whinging that people are standing in front of you, like just no. Was that the, like that hash jowls bloke standing up waving a flag and stuff? Yeah, that that How- James Howard. James Howard. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like that. I couldn't remember. Some guy in sit some down. stupid so. stupid shirt, stupid face. Shout out to Michelle. Sit down. Right, moving on. <laughs> um, Sunday, Wellington, my nil friend, all with my, Adelaide. My lover. I think it was the third nil all this season. That's it. There, ha- there has not been many nil alls at all. It was played in Wellington conditions. It was a horrible. It was horrible conditions. Right, horrible let's move game. On. Wanderers one all with Perth. Wanderers coming back. Wanderers keep drawing games. Yeah. Said so the eight to the This season. was at ANZ as well. So it's not just spot. ANZ the frickin' cauldron. Yeah. Another bit of a zzz, that one too. Not that exciting. I'm pretty sure I read something on Twitter that, what was it, their eighth draw? The yep. most in a season ever is 11, and we're only halfway through the season. So if they have four more draws in, what, 13 games, they'll break the record of most on, draws. More than on track to do that. Yeah. Hopefully they do. Um, and they still haven't. They still haven't lobbed one at home yet. Rumours yep. that uh, Popovich might be on his way to City as well. Jesus, <sighs> where the hell did you hear that? I read it about half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like that. How, he, how long's Paolo's okay. contract? His style of play doesn't suit City at all. No, they need to get someone from overseas. City like attacking possession-based football. Popovich doesn't play that. They need to spend money and get someone. What do you think they'll get someone else from one of their other teams? Yeah, probably. What about Gombao? Gombao, I think Gombao is a good shout. I've seen that a few in a. I've seen that around, but I like Gombao in the Socceroos thing now. Yeah, so do I. All right, I like having him there. What about um, what about Ernie Merrick? Well, you haven't mentioned yet. Van skipped um, resigning today. To go that's back to Holland just, for his that's family. That's what I was just talking about. Were you? Yeah. Oh. You didn't mm. say it, though. You didn't say it, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, Very sad circumstances. Yeah. We, we, what was it? His, his father's in a pretty bad way. So, you know, you can't really begrudge the man for wanting no. to be with his family. He had, had a pretty tough time. Of course. <clears throat> uh, Melbourne beating Newcastle Jets 4-2. Yeah, a a, a pretty, game of two handballs. Pretty predictable. Yeah, it was. But it was... But Here goes Aaron's ref wine. Yeah. Here we go. But it was it was against the Jets, oh, so it was. it's not as bad. And to be fair, they were the totally Jets, stitched up. The yeah. Jets' two goals had a little bit of luck about both of them, so I thought especially things, the second one thought things evened themselves up um, a little bit there. So, but nevertheless, how many handballs have we got the wrong decision for this year? We, Sounds like a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, exactly. We personally probably is a Bob because it's come off his chest, doesn't it? It's no well, the near, first one, yeah. and he was in the Definitely. perfect spot to see it as well. Yeah. Yeah. and he still gets it wrong. And the second one, he seemed to be in the perfect spot to get that right too, but failed on that one as well. That was a hundred percent a handball. I can't, it, I can't believe Hansen? how obvious the second one was. Well, it's not was. so much that it was obvious. To me, it was that the original handball was so unhandball that the second one was clearly handball. If you yeah. think okay, the I'll first be honest, one is from the view of, of the camera in live action straight away, I thought, is that handball? Yeah, I thought that too, and then I saw the replay, I was like, no. Yeah, so I don't know, like, he is standing next to him, but he's on an angle. Yeah, and the first one, I guess I'm willing to overlook it on that basis to some extent. But the second one, the arm clearly goes back. Yeah, yeah, his arm's hanging next to him. Yeah, so and yeah. when the ball hits it, then the it arm... Goes, it, the, the ball goes straight down. 
Yeah, so and he looks yeah. bloody guilty as well. Yeah. And everybody around calls for a penalty, um, and it's not so much you know that these uh, two decisions. It was were definitely so a terrible. hometown call or a well, home yes, crowd call. Yeah, but how many handballs so far this year have we not got? There used to be that age-old joke about there's no such thing as a handball in the A League, but this is a joke, really. Uh, we're back with the newly appointed Mariners W League coordinator, Carly Carmichael. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm well. Right, we'll just jump straight into it. Um, how long have you been involved with the club and what are some of your highlights? Um, I've actually been with the club now for five years. So I actually started out just as an intern. I quit a job and just pretty much took a chance and took on a um, volunteer job with the Mariners and slowly worked my way up so I guess one of the highlights would actually be getting to be an employee of the club and um, also working in their community program and watching that grow as well. So how did you come about the role uh, as the W League coordinator and how long sort of have you known that it was in the works? Um, I know that you know there's been talk about a W League team for quite some time now and it's something that you know when it was talked about I did flag with um, the senior staff that that's something that I would be very interested in. Um, I've sort of known about the role probably in the last 24 to 48 hours. It's all sort of come up and it's just been an absolute whirlwind. I'm absolutely over the moon because it is it is my dream job. Can you give us a uh, like a quick rundown of like what, what it's uh, going to be involved? Yeah, so what we're doing is pretty much putting together a bid for the W League. So while there's not a confirmed team yet, we have to put together to present to the FFA um, what we can do with the team. So show what kind of sponsor and community support we've got, as well as um, the pathways through our academies and how that would lead up to a W League team. So it's um, a lot of work, but it's going to be a really good challenge. You're off work at the moment on maternity leave. Um, congratulations. I am. Uh, Thank you. What, what will be the first thing that you do when you go back to work and playing football? Um, going back to work, probably um, try and remember what to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been um, actually, you know, it's one of those things you spend all day talking to someone. That's actually him sneezing in the background. I apologise. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of those things you spend all day talking to someone who doesn't talk back to you. So, um, yeah, I guess I, getting I know back that into feeling. the real world and, yeah, that'll be a challenge, but it'll be good. And playing football, um, I feel sorry for anyone on my team because I have not run in over 12 months and it's going to be horrific. <laughs> well, neither has Moro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't run. It's a slight jog. Um how important is women's football to you and what do you think we need to do on the coast to engage more women and girls like us? It's in- yeah, I mean, it's incredibly important to me. I started playing probably six or seven years ago and I'd have to say it's one of the best things I've ever done was to join a local team. Um, I grew up watching my brother play and, you know, he made some great friends and when someone asked me to join their team um, when I was, you know, a bit younger, I wasn't entirely certain because I didn't really know too many women who played football Um, but the moment I joined I met all these wonderful women from you know single mums and young mums and you know 18 year olds who didn't sort of you know they'd grown out of the junior system and didn't really quite know where they fit and 
it's just been the most wonderful experience for me because I've made friends for life. And I think that is one of the hard things to engage women is that they're not quite sure that it's for them because it's not sort of a, a widely known sport for um, women to play. So to sort of encourage that it doesn't have to be at a professional level, you can play the lower leagues and just play for fun and fitness. So can you tell us anything at all about how our W League bid might tie in with other components and teams in our clubs, um, example around North Shore Mariners? Yeah, so we've had some great support from North Shore Mariners and also um, NSFA to put to you know to support women's football um, over the last couple of years. So they've been helping with their academy system as well. So they've been um, providing information and, and they'll be a great help when we put together this the bid to you know um, talk about what we need and how to perfect those pathways. Um, now, you've mentioned that you're a fan of Canberra United. <clears throat> How are we going to yeah. juggle being a fan of both of them and our CCM team? Well, of course, Mariners will always come first. I was a fan of the Good Mariners answer. W League team when they uh, were around beforehand. Um, so I will always have a, a special spot in my heart for Canberra United, but Mariners will always come first. Uh, do you remember any highlights of the, the first run of the Mariners W League team? Oh, not particularly. I it remember. was a while like, ago. It was, it was a long while. It, it was, was what? It was 20, a long time 2009, ago. 2010, I think it was. Yeah, but I remember um, going to one of the games that when was Lutung Stadium, um, one of the rare games they played up here, and just seeing a lot of the younger girls in the crowd, I actually thought that was not so much an on-field highlight, but more, you know, young yeah. girls seeing that this is this is where they can end up. Um, now, you and I go a fair way back in the active bay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Any wise words that you want to throw at people to come in and join us? I actually have to say being in the active bay is one of the funnest things when it comes to football. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, now that I'm working on match day, I sort of stand there and I look over into Bay 16 and go, How oh, empty God, it that's, that's a lot of fun. No, no, no. That's <laughs> the first thing, I think. Good answer. <laughs> No, but, um, you know, it's just, and the friends you make in there, it's, you know, everyone, there's young kids there I see there now, which is fantastic because it always used to sort of be a bit of a, an older crowd and now you've got the new generation coming through and hopefully they want to stay in Bay 16 and, and um, continue their football journey through there. So I think everyone needs to get in, have a sing and a cheer and listen to the band and obviously the bagpipes that I heard at the last game, which was great. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, that was... Um, that guy was standing right next to me as well. That was... <laughs> oh. was right in my ear, no, was... but it was fun. Lovely. <laughs> no, and I saw he stuck around after the game as well, and he was playing as everyone was walking out, and, yeah, it was fantastic. It really adds to the atmosphere. And I think even with the call and response, um, at the moment, while I'm not working, I'm sitting on the western side, and I know that everyone that sits around me, as soon as you see Pete do his waves and his cheers and who do you sing for, everyone around me just loves to join in. So... I think, um, yeah, I think when everyone around gets involved and then, you know, they all eventually move over into Bay 16 and, and realise how fun it can be. All right, well, thank you for joining us. No problems. All right, well, we'll talk to you soon about um, some more W League stuff. Beautiful, thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks. Thank you.
All right, on to previews. Uh, Thursday night sees Perth Glory at home against Wellington. The distance derby. It's the distance derby. When do these Thursday night games end? Hopefully soon. When the A-League ends? <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's shit. such a copy of Rugby League doing Thursday night games. It's crap. And no one likes Thursday night games. Well, they're, they're, they're a crowd. They're, a, they're an absolute crowd killer. They're only in it for the TV. If that's in Perth, fair enough, what I time guess. does that kick off here? Nine uh, o'clock. You, yeah, generally nine or ten. So it's six o'clock over there. Or six thirty. Something like that, yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> who are we that's tipping? So Carlos is, who are we tipping? Um, My preview? Wellington can't travel. Yeah, I'm gonna say Perth. I'll, I'm Perth. gonna. I I don't rate any either side, so I'm gonna just say draw. Okay, Fence Perth. Friday night, Melbourne City at home against Wanderers. City should bounce back, I think. Yeah, Wanderers. City at home. Uh, I'm gonna say they get, they're strong, but they drew to Perth and us and us. Yeah, no, I mean City at home. Oh yeah, yeah. The Perth game was pretty crazy. I think that's sort of a one-off. I think I think they'll probably pretty. They should. Do the Wanderers pretty easy? Uh, yeah, I'd say City. New coach, new attitude? City. Yep. Um, Saturday night, first game, Brisbane Raw against the Jets. Well, this is interesting since last time these two teams met. The Jets won 4-0. But it's at, Sun, it's at Suncorp this time, so Brisbane should probably win. Yeah, I think Brisbane... They didn't... They definitely started the season poor. Um with that result. But I think now it's sort of flipped. Um, the Jets have not been that great. They got a couple of lucky goals on the weekend. Yeah, they did. Very lucky. Yep. So I think Brisbane, pretty easy. Yeah, I'm going to say Brisbane. Brisbane. Um, Adelaide, Melbourne. Should be a good one. Should be Adelaide, a Adelaide at home again. They didn't... They Adelaide played victory at home wasn't that long ago too. This draw. No, I think victory too no, strong. Draw. I, victory. I'm going to say victory. Victory yeah. in pretty scary form at so the moment. So that's victory, 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 victory. Do you victory. think... So what's that? They've, they've, <coughs> they've, what, they've scored four goals in two games in a row against us and Newcastle. Mm. I think How long do you reckon the ball's got to go? Um, maybe a couple more games if they don't win a couple. Oh, I think he's, he's in trouble. I reckon he'll see out January. I, I think he might see what's out the, the season. What's the point, though? At the end of the transfer window, well, I think it'll be it'll come down to whether they let him get the players in that he wants. Because not a more, but above him, it's been so poorly managed after the grand final win with all the players that they lost and the players that they but got they in. They didn't re- recuperate. No, they okay. just have it. Just has not been managed well at all. So I think they need to give him January, let him get in who he thinks he needs, and if he does that and he's still shit, then I think he'll walk away before he's pushed anyway. Wait till he gets a couple of uh, transferred players in and make some more team decisions and then get rid of him. Yeah. Why not? All right, last game, Sunday. We're at home against Sydney. Hold me. <clears throat> oh, God. We are in great form, but... <laughs> we are in trouble. We're pink, people. We are wearing pink. And we are in pink. We're going to have to play something special to even get a draw. Don't start trying to tip Sydney. We tip... Us. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Just making sure. Tipping. Um, yeah, this is not going to be easy in the slightest. Um, we're going to have to pretty much play 90 minutes like the second half against Melbourne City and then some. <laughs> yeah. Mate, um, if we're tipping us... Mm. After the Sydney game, are going to have to have a way off game for us. Yeah. I've got a tip for you. Long beer cues. Mm. Yeah, very. Mm. 
no well, Sydney, corn chips and the nachos. Sydney won't Shut have... Shut up with your fucking <laughs> corn chips. <laughs> I don't drink beer much. Much. <sighs> Sydney won't have Brosk, but I don't, I don't rate Brosk that highly anyway. I know he scored but a couple of goals. But they'll still have Simon come in and score. They'll have twice. David Carney will come in, which will be good fun for us to watch him be shit. Um, but in then Hawasco will go up front, and then we're probably probably would have been better off Brosk play, in my opinion. Yeah, we're we're in trouble. Or if we if we get it within two goals of them, I'll be happy. Do we have to contain Ninkovic? Absolutely, massively. I think and him and who's him that and job for? Ninkovic and Rojas are the. Best two players in the league at the moment for me. Yeah, Monty. Monty to yeah. contain. Needs to Monty's got to yeah, got to make him his bitches if they're to not play well. He and needs to put some leather on him. On the injury things last week, it said Tavares one week, so he might be back. But I think it said one week for a couple of weeks. So I'm not really sure. He did post Storm today. as well. If Storm is back, if Storm's back, thing. that's a big in. Apparently, Posco has glandular fever, although you think that he doesn't, Aaron. Um, oh no, I'm not sure. I just uh, if 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 you're if you've seen that somewhere in public, then uh, that would be the case. I knew that he was sick, um, but generally glandular fever is something which is contagious for a period of time. And we probably all saw him at the team photo or the, mm-hmm. the family photo after the game on the weekend. So hanging around the squad. So contagious. it's all speculation from Aaron. So there's hundreds of people that have now got glandular fever. Yeah, cool. Oh, I don't know about that. Obviously, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, I don't know about any of that. Yeah. Now it's now called the Mariners fever. That's probably what happened to Fartee. <laughs> <laughs> what, he got glandular fever in his bum? Well, there was no other, <laughs> there was no other visible thing from him. Danny McBreen was right. Uh. He, he was shot from the grassy knoll. <laughs> I just got no idea how to cut that shit out. Edit. <laughs> just edit that. Everything after. End. Ten minutes ago. Um, yeah, so just to, as we mentioned before, just a reminder that this weekend is Pink Round, so wear your pink, get down there and donate. And that's it for this weekend's... Um, oh, fuck. This <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> weekend. Please leave that in. And that's it for this week's show. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. And thanks again to Sidelines for supporting us. Um, I hope you've all had a, a good Christmas and a good New Year. Um, I'm sure these guys have got Happy something New else Year. to say. Happy New Year. Hopefully 2017 is a, a better one all around for our club. Thanks for listening. Bye.